0: This is Changeling the Podcast.
1: Welcome to Changeling the Podcast. Come for the glamour, stay for the vibes. I'm your host, Josh, and with us is your other host, Puka. Say hi, Puka. Ahoy, yeah, hoy. What are we talking about tonight, Puka? We are
0: tearing down the gates to Arcadia again. It's time for the second resurgence and the return of the lost houses as we go into Book of the Lost Houses.
1: Mm-hmm. Book of Lost Houses. There's no- is this There's really no- the third second resurgence? I can't remember. I can't keep track of it.
0: Yeah, who knows? I mean, the she just keep showing up.
1: Yep. So this was a uh, very art house book. <laughs> Peak art house. What do you have know what year it was published in cuz lying.
0: It was published in
1: 2001
0: although the copyright says 1999. I'm pretty yep.
1: confident that's correct. And it has a bunch of different writers which you can really tell. And yep. yeah.
0: Which I kind of I can understand sometimes why a book written by a committee they don't spell out who wrote what but in this instance i'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad
1: <laughs> so. yeah each chapter specifically well, yeah there's two scahawk writers there's a uh, christopher howard with additional material by adrian simmons is house mm. scahawk carla Haller is house verich d mckinney house darian christer mickle house Asen, and then peter woodsworth house Baman, and uh, Nikki and jackie team developing and oh chris howard did some of the art too yes for his own
0: chapter He's a role-playing polymath. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, should we get into the introduction? Yes, brief as it is. Uh-huh. So it starts with, in 1969, a sudden implosion of glamour. So I just wanted to point, mm-hmm. <laughs> it should be an explosion of glamour, unless something's really weird about the resurgence that I'm not aware of. But <laughs> yeah.
0: Something I was actually couldn't remember, in C20, do they make the case that these houses came back in the evanescence, or that they had been there since the resurgence in 1969?
1: <sighs> I forgot to check. Yeah, I don't remember. I guess we'll we'll wait till we get to our C20 book. Yeah. Which we're not that many books away from at this point. It's true. Yeah. And we get a very brief summary of stuff that happened in Concordia. And then, yeah, there's a bunch of newcomers have returned. I don't know when they were supposed to have returned, how long before this book's written. That's another. We'll get that in specific chapters.
0: I think it's supposed to be they basically came back with the denizens in 1999.
1: Yeah. So is this book supposed to be set in 2001? That's my yeah, other question. There's some chapters that make it seem like they've been back for like at least a decade. So it's.
0: Yeah. And as we've seen with the other books of houses, I think every single one has, of course, at least a few of our house stayed behind. So yeah. It's like, yeah. But what is time even mm-hmm. to a she passing through the dreaming? So then we start with some art of a very, th- this horse in the opening chapter art is Making me uncomfortable. It's giving like "come hither" vibes. I don't know what's up
1: with that. <laughs> but... Also, he's really long. Yeah, it's a long horse. Yep. Yeah. So, House Bomain. Yeah, House Bomain. It starts with an email, I think.
0: Yep, containing presumably a PDF. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I like that. Given how many times we see the device of like the. Faux handwriting font on a parchment-style background. I like the idea mm-hmm. that
1: this is actually a PDF that they have formatted to look like that. Yep. Which uh, that was hard to read the story here, um, <laughs> especially on PDF, which I was reading it on. Also, uh-huh. oh, I want to mention this. Uh, I've been saying before. Oh, when re-downloading from DriveThruRPG, there's like much better quality PDFs for things back from when I first got it in 2016.
0: Is this not one of them?
1: No, this is terrible. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Alas. This PDF, or whatever it is, contains the Marvajol manuscript, which is a hastily written history of the house dating from just before the Shattering, written by a member of the house who was about to be exiled. And it gives their deep history, explaining how the Gwydion found the young warrior Jalindrel in the Dreaming. He had defeated a monster with prophecy and daring do, and then... Road with Gwydion as an exemplary paladin seer, went on to found the house, and then they went on the First Crusade for some reason. Yeah. It's pretty late, actually, I feel like, for house founding. And then that was supposed to be before the Sundering? Right. So after the manuscript, it explains that the page is missing. That explains what happened from the end of the Sundering into the Shattering, mm-hmm. which was while on First Crusade, the house's leader, Duke Germain, uh, met this Ishunim Zubaida who led him to become obsessed with the Iron Road. And that's a, mm-hmm. a path to fey liberation that involves dying by cold iron. So he founded the Harbingers of Exodus to collect iron and use it. And then the discovery that they were transporting iron led to the house being imprisoned in Arcadia even before the shattering because they were sworn to secrecy about this kind of internal heresy. Mm-hmm. But it has this vibe of like, maybe this was all a shadow court plot kind of
1: thing yeah
0: so although yeah they're like, who is this yeah who is this zubaida who is this issue anyway
1: yeah well the book the book confuses me because it talks about how the house was founded and then they went on the crusades and then the sundering happened and i the crusades were like intend something like yeah
0: well it would have been right as the sundering was about to turn into the shattering i suppose
1: Okay, because I thought it was, they were saying the Sundering happened like after the Crusades started. No, that no, no. That just no. does my head in. Okay. Then there were
0: these two brothers who took up leadership of the house but disagreed about the dark nature of the visions that they were receiving and how they should continue into their destiny. So they split into two okay. factions. And it was a struggle pitting kin against kin that lasted until the Shattering. So presumably one group was transporting iron and got the entire house punished. And the other group was sworn not to reveal it, mm-hmm. reveal the the reason for it. Something like that. Yeah. It gets tricky when you've got prophecy involved and oaths. And the iron road, which, which is like the bright road, but when you're killed with cold iron, yeah. you come back. So they were imprisoned. There was a thing called the call of silence instituted to prevent other She from remembering who they are which is very convenient for introducing a new house into the game. <laughs> oh, I missed that. I thought that was just supposed to be, they're just a phony word for the mists. Okay. It, it was a great ritual enacted by the Elenad according to the manuscript. Oh. Except those in Arcadia remembered who they were. So they yeah.
1: were. I had
0: trouble reading the manuscript. So I don't <laughs> <have> to... <laughs> Especially on PDF. It can't be easy. Mm-hmm. They expect that they've been returned from Arcadia because they are the best warriors against the Thalene. And now that the dark resurgence or whatever it was called at this point, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's easy enough to transpose it into the Evanescence, but yes. yes, they are back to stop the Fomorians and
1: their, their followers from doing what they do. Mm-hmm. Lots of theme throughout this book. None of these houses like the Fomorians at all. Like, I mean, nobody likes them, but they're extra hating them.
0: Yeah. Another theme throughout this book is that they're all like sorcerer warriors or seer warriors. That's like, one of them
1: one of them are herbalist warriors
0: (laughs) yeah paladin seers in this case Mm -hmm. they have a code of ethics called jalandrel's code there's also a note that jalandrel in his fight with the monster whatever uh, was it like one of his hands got scorched and blackened or something so they call them jalandrel of the good hand and that's Mm -hmm. boma although i think it actually be belma Jalandrell's code is honor the future and remember its secrets. So accept prophecies. Do not burden others with the future, lest it break them. So don't share your visions. Unless, unless you have to. Unless you have to. <laughs> yeah. And then accept your destiny and leave others to theirs. Which I think is probably the most interesting part of it. Because like when the Gwydion encountered Jalandrell in the Dreaming, he was sitting and watching this village get massacred. And they were like, why aren't you helping? And he was waiting for this giant dragon to burst mm. forth. And everyone was like ah, a dragon, but because he was like ready for it, he was able to slaughter it and then prevent much more death. Mm-hmm. So like it's that yeah. that old chestnut of bad destiny or worse destiny. <laughs>
1: yeah, and his hand got messed up by trying to mess with that. That was it. That him. was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they talk about their house blazon, describing where it comes from, and it is the Eye of Balor, as it's called, or the Red Star and Vampire, basically Purple Star
0: and in- in the actual presentation of it. I think it's freaking cool, I have to say. (laughs) It's very similar to the Discordian, you know, eight point. Obviously, they tend to be sealy. I'd say probably more than almost any house, maybe too much for their own good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this note about their sort of refusal to talk about what they've seen or like, I guess their perspective on the way fate is shaking out it's like they take their duty extremely seriously and that duty includes preserving destiny, I guess. Mm-hmm. The few unseely in the house tend to get there because they get depressed after troubling visions.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this gets into, we'll get into what the other houses like, but here they're talking about like what they think the Sealy code, or at least the unreliable narrator of this book or whatever, mm-hmm. like what they think the Sealy court and the unseely court represents. And it's like, That's an interesting take on it and not the same as the other.
0: Yeah. Regardless of their occasional unsealiness, it seems like not even their unsealiness would have anything
1: to do with the shadow court. Mm -hmm.
0: They're adamantly against it. Yep.
1: And then they have factions. Well, a faction. Yes. Which are those, uh, harbingers of Exodus. Let's, let's do everyone a favor and kill people with cold iron because it'll make them happy.
0: Yeah. Thankfully they're a small minority of the house. Yep. But they're not allowed to
1: tell anyone outside the house about them. Yeah. But...
0: For reasons unclear, honestly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, there's apparently non-house members who have started joining that group. So it's like... Yeah. I guess the prophecy says you shouldn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. It all comes back to that oath that they took to keep the conflict between the two brothers within the house. And yep. so this is like generations later. That's what it's turned into is here's the majority of the house and then the... Mm-hmm. Minority that follows the iron road. This tantalizing bit on page twenty where it says they seek to reconstruct the rituals of cold iron that will allow them to set fairy souls on the path of the exodus they seek. I want to know more about those. It sounds like just Dante, but mm-hmm. you know.
1: I mean, why cold iron is a long running question in changeling. It doesn't True. necessarily make sense as the super banal thing out of everything. So yeah. And it gets into their house boon, which is you can get possible prophecy futures. So now it gets into yeah. we've talked about prophecy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you can interpret it with intelligence plus gray mare difficulty eight, and you can bring on a vision by spending a point of willpower and rolling your glamour against a difficulty eleven minus your remembrance score. Yeah. So
0: at least they get a free dot of remembrance too, though. So that's
1: yeah, that's nice. So they can. St- at least roll a difficulty ten.
0: Um. Yeah. It's always funny to look back and see these like old math books yeah. where it's like difficulty thirteen minus, difficulty nine plus. Like wait. Yeah, wait. and you're
1: always like, is that what you really
0: <laughs> wanted to do? That's if it were ten minus, it would be fine, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it'd be at least nine. Yeah. And the house flaw. Thalene can smell them. Yeah. And she except perhaps liam and fiona don't like them yeah the flaw is something
0: which i i get it but to some extent it's very much storyteller's option because the storyteller yeah. can just decide not to have thaline or shadow court as the antagonist
1: Yeah, i mean that second part is more yeah maybe that's why it's in there also but it's like they're they're considered the same as red caps when you get down to it <laughs> Among those. yeah and then we we have some merits and flaws the first is a four point flaw, which says everything they've set up so far is written by a narrator that had this four point flaw <laughs> where you think that fate is inevitable.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of like it though, because it yeah. creates the opportunity to have like a Cassandra Paladin. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's worth four points. not no. Yeah. I'm not sure about the point values. Um, yeah. But like Melody of Days to Come first, besides being a beautiful name for a merit flaw, I like that. You're, like, especially tuned to specific types of visions, which yeah. I really like that as a story hook. These are very story-driven merits and flaws, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, that one I like. The Burning Gaze, though, where it's like, you can detect Thalane. I was thinking, aren't Thalane already kind of discernible? Like
1: well, it depends on it. But you can also detect unseelie houses or shadow court. I suppose that's true, yeah. And it helps you with disguises a bit? Yeah.
0: Contrary to the way a lot of the fiction in these books presents it, though, from what I've seen from people playing on Sealy, she they seem really content to display their house affiliation, you know, very vividly. Yeah. So there's no Belor masquerading as Dougal in the online games I've seen and whatnot. I've <laughs> seen that. I think once in a larp. Okay. It is helpful that they give other common merits and flaws too. I like. That. Yep. And they give their oaths yes the oath of the dark star which is their loyalty oath which if they
1: break it they get nightmares for twice as long as they've served the house i'm like that seems kind of think yeah. They just left it in nightmares i think
0: i like that it's an egalitarian oath though it's like she commoner yeah. doesn't matter y'all swear the same oath
1: yep an oath where you can swear that you can give the truth it just, yep. it's like okay i'm just gonna say the truth and get a point of willpower and just make sure you don't lie about it and if you do lie you get branded on your forehead yeah. so I, I like their fostering make sure that they're actually supposed to be in the house with their fate stuff okay you're good let's uh now uh okay. teach what you need to know
0: keep a dream journal and then let's sit and talk about it
1: none of this like battling 50 warriors in the woods while naked or something like the other houses.
0: yeah <laughs> learn some history you're good
1: yep and then we get to the biggest theme of the this book everybody hates house guidian yep and house Balor as well so no, there's one house that is kind of meh on House Baylor.
0: Yeah, they're kind of like, yeah, all right, they're fine, I guess.
1: But they all hate House Gwydion.
0: <laughs> yeah, Gwydion. But they're, yeah. I think they, it's not so much as they hate Gwydion as they feel so, like, wounded by how much Gwydion hates them. Yeah. And, and of course, obviously, they're bitter for being imprisoned in Arcadia, but yeah,
1: they're
0: like, oh, we wish we still got along. Okay, maybe this is the most pro Gwydion
1: of all the yeah. of them. Yeah. Well, it's,
0: they're the Seelie ones, so. Yeah. 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 Then Liam, they'd like to reconnect. I did like their take on House Elaned, where it's like, they keep trying to get secrets from us. Just leave us alone. They're being too friendly. Yeah. (laughs) In a creepy way. They're happy that Fiona's pretty chill with them and indifferent to Dougal. They're like, well, they didn't try to defend us and they didn't vote to convict us to imprison us. So, and they like Skaha, but they wish they had more purpose. They should all be fighting Thalane, obviously.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and then the unseely houses, they're... They just don't like them. Yep. Well, they pity Leonin, which, again, is a theme.
1: Yeah, most of them don't really understand Leonin's flaw, I guess. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They're
0: like, oh, they just, they have such a curse. And, I mean, now in C20, yeah, it's a curse, but it's not, you know, punishable by changeling law.
1: Yeah, there's no evil, there's not as much of an, really an evil secret to it. Like,
0: Yeah. Then when we get to some commoners. And again, the first crusade keeps coming up. It's like, why is this a theme?
1: Well, they created the crusade. I guess so. I don't know how. It's like, I, yeah. Are they like Liam? where they are associated with the church or
0: what? Uh, anyway, they are super into Boggins. Well, not like into. They just, yeah. Boggins are nice to them. So they like Boggins. Mm-hmm. There's an old and tragic enmity with the issue. Mm-hmm. Knockers, not much business. They have a Pisky, which seems I don't know yeah. if we can rightly call this a stereotype for it's about a Pisky. <laughs> yeah, who is then in the members of note. so I love that they're pro puka I'm like, yep. yes, finally <laughs> she who appreciate the best gift. They are very happy to steer clear of red caps. Mm-hmm. They talk philosophy with satyrs, and they're curious to know more about the slua. And they have a resurfacing rapport with trolls.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot everybody likes the trolls. That's the
0: everybody theme. loves the trolls, yeah. yeah. Running theme not only in this book, but all the others. Yeah. Except for Kithbook Red Cat.
1: They want to get to know the Nunihi better. And they don't like the Thaline Not at all. And then we get, I'm pretty sure, a bunch of characters. I'm pretty sure this is would have been like from a Chronicle played. Like it reads that way.
0: When we interviewed Pete for The Shining Host book, I seem to recall him saying that one of the Beaumain brothers was his character in like Mm -hmm. a New Orleans set game. So yeah, I think a lot of this is drawn from that. So there are the twins, Jeremy and Brendan, who are the leaders of the house. Remy's a smoke and blues guitarist. And Brendan does the strategy organization and computer stuff. (laughs) So I do like that they have the principality of jazz. Mm Mm-hmm. They have a history where Lord Vandermeer, the head of the Harbingers of Exodus, who's also in this section and is a stereotypical dark wizard, kidnapped one of them and tried to take over the court as part of a scheme to locate the Iron Road. But they managed to thwart his designs and bring Remy home. And I'm like, yep, that sounds like a chronicle.
1: This was like after the Harry Potter books kind of started exploding popularity. At the right? books, yeah. Like, or, well, they I were. I
0: mean, who knows when this was actually written,
1: but yeah. But the Lord Vandermeer, like, Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's enough drawing from the same threads, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. The
0: other thing is like they keep returning to this tiny French village of Marvajols. I don't know if it has some kind of significance in French history. I don't know if Pete Woodworth summered there or something, but it seems to keep coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dame Lillian is a knocker who found the manuscript with their secret history in that town, and so she has a place of privilege in the house. So I like that there's a, a knocker exchange student knight of House Bowmane. Yep. Thomas Magbane, the nemesis of Brendan, and Delphine Ashidoo, a pisky. Good for her. <laughs> then there's uh, two
1: treasures.
0: I like the masker's eyes as like, oh. so they're, they're domino masks that basically allow two-way communication and sharing senses and emotions. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of having those in a, a ball scene in a story.
1: This would be yeah the 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 maskers like that's a cool treasure for a character but mm-hmm. the bracelet makes more sense as like a house treasure to me.
0: Yeah. They're both kind of random but cute. Like I don't really see anything that has anything mm-hmm. to do with the house in these two treasures, yeah. but I like them. Same. So overall thoughts on Bowman?
1: I really like Pete. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, right. I'm not a fan of this. house. <laughs> I've learned of this other, some of his other stuff, but not this house or the right. But...
0: I've never played one. So,
1: yeah. Like just from reading this, it makes me not really want to yeah. engage with it. But how about you?
0: I mean, I think it's difficult when the when you read something that was very clearly somebody's like passion project. Yep. And that they're bringing in Easter eggs that like they and their friends will. Yeah, deeply appreciate but everyone else will be like oh okay that's fine mm-hmm. and i think that that does kind of tint the text a little bit but i still i still like it i mean i like that they have sort of their own internal drama so that you can get deep into the house on its own but then there are mm-hmm. connections to the metal plot so that you can like choose how much to get into their intrigues also it's the first french representation that i think we've really seen
1: <laughs> mm, true so which if it's supposed to be a place full of she. Should
0: have. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I wish we had a little bit more about
0: like their their customs, their culture. But I guess because the narrative is so centered on like, we were all in prison for 600 years and we just got yeah. back. It's like, all right, I guess we don't
1: have to have that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, if you want something about customs and culture, and a lot of on it. Yeah. <laughs> Taking us into the next house, House Aeson, Guardians of the North. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, so this starts with a story of another split between two rival leaders of a house before the Sundering. Siblings, in fact.
0: Yep. Again, a recurring theme in this book. I wonder if the brief for this was like to each author. They said, okay, make sure that the house was founded by siblings who fought with each other and they have to
1: be seer warriors and hate the Fomorians. (laughs) Yeah. It starts with her like, the the one who won after winning rips her heart out causes an explosion.
0: I I like that she throws her heart into the eye of Balor though in the sky yeah. that is epic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But it's a battle during the War of the Courts where she slew her it, she slew her brother and then yep. And in the exchange,
1: almost all of the Seelie Aeson in, in the house. Yeah, because so she was an Ed and was sad that they had to fight the Seelie. And then the Norns said, the ancients are gone. Yep. And by ancients, we mean, I guess, the Tuoha. Or the Aesir. Or the Vanir.
0: Which well, there is those? a helpful sidebar that says yeah. Lexicon, where it says, Ancients, to de Danan, Aesir, and Vanes. Mortal name for ancients. Yep. It's like, okay. Anyway, after the siblings have their fight and both die, and the Norns utter portents, then younger sister, Ragnalf, comes forward and claims the leadership turning the war order of Asen into a noble house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I always get bothered in these stories when some of the language is like really anachronistic, where she's like, mm. I suppose we have to change with the times. I'm like, were they really saying that in 1000 BC? Well,
1: they weren't speaking English either. So Yeah. I mean, they also have something in here about they're using the North terms, and then they say somebody, somebody apps something. Yeah. Then we get a very short history. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean it's very much these are these are the Vikings. And yep. I would say the two defining traits of Asin are their Vikingness and the fact that they don't have any patience for like thinking of themselves as seely or unsealy. They're like, no, we're Asin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Gods of the mythic age. Yeah. They talk about worship as Epiphany, basically. That's one of the things. Wish we had more on that. I mean yeah. I guess that's a straightforward musing threshold, but still.
1: Uh maybe. And then we also have uh one point, it suggests that House Aeson exiled Allele from... Yeah. <laughs> Unclear.
0: Well, so there's the tie-in. They say, like, oh, we have memories of an Alil rebellion in Alfheim, meaning Arcadia. And I assume that's supposed to be a connection to Ertalion and the Immortalized Trilogy. Mm-hmm. But okay. they, yeah, they have a memory of exiling other houses before they returned to Earth to fight the Fomorians, because... Mm-hmm. Theme. Take a drink. But their purpose currently is to find their missing queen, because she has disappeared, put commoners in their place, because how dare they think that they can rule, and prepare for Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I do like the little note that the warrior Aesir and the sorceress Vanis joined to form the Aesin, and it's like, oh, that's where their name comes from. But yeah. So now that they're back, they resent being stuck in immortal flesh, but they're very fond of nature. So that's, that's nice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. they have an extra flaw, which is that they are more vulnerable to true faith. Yeah. But I don't even know if that is more vulnerable. I think that just might be the effects of true faith. <sighs> yeah. They are led by a nine person virtue council, which sounds really, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that name. Maybe it's like taken from a historical thing, but I'm like, that sounds like
1: morality police. I don't know. Uh, Well, no, I think vir- whenever I hear virtue, I think of like Aristotle and like, it's not, what i'd consider morality but
0: maybe yeah it just sounds kind of authoritarian and creepy yeah and then on vengeance night april 30th while one of their unsealing members from each of their established five or six i think occupations sacrifices yeah. themselves into fire and i'm like how many of them are there that they can afford to keep doing that?
1: that's my thing too if you look at how many sub factions and sub factions they have and all the roles and it's like how yeah, this is, yeah. there's so many Asin to, to it's have like
0: this. Hundreds of them must have come back to Scandinavia all at once.
1: Well, they also <laughs> addressed this. They didn't. Most of them didn't return to Scandinavia. Most of them came to Concordia, and they are like, "Oh, I guess we're supposed to be in true, Canada, yeah. Concordia." Then I wonder where they're probably North Dakota or something. Was Minnesota? Uh, with with Minnesota? Yeah, it's like everyone in Minnesota is now an Asin.
0: Are you an unseelie? Oh, sure. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and then there's a note about their connection to the naturai. So the nature spirits who they can talk to. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, well, I'll get to it later, but I was like, I thought Varric maybe should have had something with this. Yeah. Cause he keeps going on about how
1: they rule over the inanime and nature and yeah. everything. But well, we'll get to that. That's those that yeah. interesting questions for me about the inanime, how they're described there. But yeah. Yeah. They also, they have a uh, gender roles kind of big deal. <laughs>
0: very normative gender roles
1: you're allowed to pick the other role is just you know not cross-gender occupations though not encouraged neither are such cross-sex attempts actively dissuaded okay they did walk that back a lot in c20 it was
0: yeah. like yeah they tried that when they arrived and then they decided now just let people do whatever they want
1: also their whole fuel uh, thing you know when you join the house do do all ace start out as childlings like what in which case, if they've only been back two years, like, are they all childlings? What? <laughs> I shrug.
0: All things considered, it did kind of seem fairly tame. Like, okay, you have to survive in a forest for a week. Yeah. That's, you know,
1: that's doable. It just seems weird with the whole, like, they're all children. Like, what? Is, was this what they did back beforehand? What, is this not talking about, like, when you come as a changeling? Because that's what, they're for. all that stuff, anyway.
0: Well, maybe they all, they came back, and then it's like, they're expecting that new members will wake up as childlings or something. And maybe. Speaking of childlings, though, with the gender norms that are listed here, their women are assigned to be either, I'm going to say this word carefully, volvas, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> which is an old Norse word for, like, a sage or a seer. Anyway, so they can do that, or they can be mothers, or they can be tail-spinning skulls.
1: But then it says the skulls are usually men.
0: Usually, but it says they yeah. are a crossover occupation. And then it suggests that the Norns, rulers of the Moray and the Dark can, stem from Asin.
1: I think they're saying that the Asin actually stem from Moray or Norns.
0: Oh, true. Oh, sorry, yeah, I misread. Yes. And then the men can be hunters, warriors, or berserkers, which are kind of three variants on the same theme or they can also be skulls something else I noticed here in this chapter and the Varric chapter there's a lot of attention to ethnic appearance (laughs) like this is uncomfortable they're like our men have large muscles gleaming eyes and long gold brown hair that falls down their back and upper torso and it's like okay so stereotypical Vikings but yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm just thinking about my Danish family they do not look like that at all (laughs) They all look like boggins. That's what my Danish brand looks
0: like. Aww. But are they similarly industrious? Um, Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> With their blazon, they have the owl and the runes of Uruz and Ansuz, which I think represents strength and wisdom in like, runic divination. I think it looks nice, though. There's a note about how they formerly had the ability to shapeshift into the form of the owl, and I'm like, why wasn't that a merit or something? Like, mm-hmm. That'd be awesome.
1: Yep. And then they get their boon and ban so they can talk with the animals. Basically primal one. Yeah. Including like it's banality plus three instead of banality plus four. It would have been. Second edition. Yeah. But only animals. So Yeah. Forest animals.
0: Yeah. And then they just have the
1: deep dreaming she flaw, which is kind of boring. Yeah. Well, and it's also with mortals. They have that flaw except for their own family. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of harsh, actually. They're very
0: blunt. Yeah. And then the oath to join the house. So it gives them two dots in the abilities for their occupation, which is not described anywhere. Like as I'd say, if you're a berserker, Mm -hmm. you should have these abilities or whatever, but then if they break it, they lose all the dots in those abilities. And I'm like, geez, let's hope it's only two.
1: Yeah. I was like, at first I'm like, Oh, two dots. That's a pretty big deal for an oath. Oh, wait, the penalty. Okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) There's a couple treasures. I guess the bow is kind of cool. It fires arrows that never miss and inflict aggravated damage. And yeah. it establishes that their center of power is in the dark forests of Sweden.
1: Yeah. And then their Berserker's armor gets a level three treasure, giving you five extra health levels, but it's got a huge price to it.
0: Yeah. I, I think probably too high of a price.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like maybe, maybe make it a lower price and a higher point treasure, that would be. Yeah. A lot of these bits,
0: by the way, I mean, they're just flying by. Like, there's very little depth to a lot of these uh, yep. pieces. I think you like more depth
1: than me, I think. <laughs> I do, I
0: do. Anyway, politics. Here are the nine virtues.
1: I guess that's what the virtue council is all about, right?
0: Yep. I wonder if, like, each of them covers one of these. Wait,
1: how many are in the virtue now? Nine. Okay,
0: yeah, so it probably is. Yeah, there's courage, truth honor, fidelity, discipline, hospitality, industry, self-reliance, and perseverance. There's another another theme running through this book is that honor is individual, so.
1: Yep, and then we get to the court tenants where their Sealy code interpretations, it's very unsealy, and their unsealy code interpretations, yeah. very Sealy. And it's like, okay, what?
0: Well, they seem more annoyed by The way the Sealy Court puts limits on their own interpretations of their principles, than by the principles themselves, which I actually think is an interesting take. I like that.
1: Yeah, like this feels like maybe all of these houses really, if they flip the the court on it, Mm -hmm. and just otherwise just done the same kind of spin and be like, yeah, that works just as well. (laughs) Which I think points to how Sealy and
0: Unsealy are should be understood at some points as a political distinction rather than a personal one.
1: Yep. More than anything. But it's a political distinction that has weird personality changes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they have their interpretation of the sheet and I'm like, Oh no, these are unsealy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. They're
1: really not into it. <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah. They like safe Haven. They like rescue because rescue is like, Oh, you can get a boon out of it. And
1: then the rest they are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That, that's a very <laughs> unsealy, Yeah. And they don't like the shadow court.
0: Another running theme. Yeah,
1: yeah. none of these Unsealy houses like the Shadow.
0: Ultimately, it makes me wonder, what are they really standing for? Like, they have a passion and duty to defeat the Fomorians. They have a belief in personal honor and integrity, and a belief in their own exceptionalism. But, like, that's all of the houses.
1: Yeah, they're, like, very crude allele level. Yeah,
0: and, like, they're not really distinguished by anything except their Norseness. And I mean, I, again, much like the Boman are the first French representation. These are the first like Viking she that we get, mm-hmm. but yeah. Speaking of the Elil though, and the other houses, yep. they are disgusted by little manipulation and by the lies of House Balor.
1: Yeah. Balor, they're like, yeah, these are just Fomorians. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah. It says they've had the most conflicts with Boman and it claims that they're allied to Varric, which is interesting. Or Varich, yep. I'm not sure. They think uh, Darren are annoying. Yep. They
1: like Dougal.
0: And Islanded. Well, they don't like Eilinid. They just think they're too important to ignore. Yeah.
1: And then they're like, oh, Fiona, stop screwing around.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, wish we could respect you.
1: And they would like to
0: work with Gwydion. I mean, mm-hmm. for an unseelie house, they're pretty cool on Gwydion. Yeah. Pity for Leonin. Contempt for Liam.
1: Yep. They have more respect for the autumn skahawk than they do for any non-chi noble. Which makes seem like they do not recognize non-chi noble at all.
0: Yeah. I'm curious why, honestly. But well their flaw. I guess so.
1: <laughs> the flaw doesn't apply to any sca to the skahawk Jeez.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then Varric, they I guess are okay with them. Yep. They seem to like them. they're like, oh, we hate all the Ateen.
1: You know, except for the Moray that they,
0: yeah, <laughs> but like again, as Unsealy, they seem to be overall really not into any of their fellow Unsealy houses, except for Varric, and then mm-hmm. all of the Sealy they're pretty cool with, yep. Except Aelin they're like suspicious
1: of. So it's know, which is why? just showing that they're Seely if you're suspicious of, Aelinad. right? Actually, it just shows that you're aware, um, yeah, and. They do not like the Tuatha. <laughs> no, I did like the
0: bit when they talk about the Dark Kin that they're aware some of them don't want to serve the Fomorians anymore, and so they're like on the lookout for those
1: who want okay. to like. Do you know what this reminds me of even more than Vikings? Like mm. the DS9 interpretation of Klingons. I'm surprised they didn't have a story about them going and killing the Tuatha because they were too much trouble. But
0: anyway. Perhaps so. Yeah. But they want the Tuas to return so that Ragnarok can take place because yep. they want to be the saviors for the ignorant and resentful
1: commoners in Gallain. I'm sure why these fair called Gallain rather than as criticized as any other commoner. <laughs> and they like an anime?
0: Although they'll leave them to Varich rule. Yep. Fight the Femorians. No idea about the Nunyhi.
1: Maybe we can go at allies though, so because nunhi aren't Gallain to them.
0: And then my favorite paragraph is on page 48 when it has animals listed under (laughs) prodigal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That should be in the Puka book.
0: But well, so like there's the note, maybe one day we can harvest dreams from animals as well. I'm like, give me more about that. Don't dangle stuff like that in front of me. And then,
1: ah, well, they want to try it. Doesn't mean they've pulled it off.
0: Yeah. They avoid the dead. They don't generally trust mortals, but they collect dreamers like livestock.
1: Yeah, again, it's like, oh, I, I guess I can these are one of those like, they're very seely and unseely as opposed to some other houses which are like, not very unseely or seely.
0: Much like contemporary representations of the Vikings.
1: Yep. Apparently
0: they had a gangrel alliance at some point in the past. And we do get mention of the feud with the Geta Fenris, So,
1: mages shrug. Yep, that's pretty standard. Oh, they're they're going to experiment on mages. They are an intriguing
0: threat, so we lure them into dark forests and experiment on them. Don't remember that from the mage
1: book. but (laughs) Changeling's view on mage is not matching mage at all.
0: I'm (laughs) going to file Aeson luring mages into the forest to experiment them in the same folder as the war between Fae and mages in the 1800s in Boston or whatever it was.
1: Yep. No, just the mages all either died or forgot about it. That's Yeah. We get some examples of their house. Calm and gentle Queen Ragnarv, who has disappeared. Then the High
0: Lord. Mein She's stern. They seem to be really into headbands.
1: Yep. I think somebody had a book on Vikings with headbands.
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably. Then there's Jarl Brondolf, who's a solemn warrior prodigy with a destiny. The youngest member ever of the Council of Virtues. Mm Mm-hmm. He will be a mediator between the ancients and the Asa.
1: And then Baron Bjorn. Wait, the Baron was once a promising wild on the verge of descending into Grump, but the possession of mortal flesh became too much for him to handle. I, I'm getting confusing thoughts about what the heck aging works <laughs> what like. What does that mean? Like, what? Were they aging in the dreaming? Is that what? I don't know. <laughs> and then, kin by association, the, uh, Three. The Norns. Or the Norns. Skuld. I
0: like the Norns, and I mm-hmm. wish we got more detail about. Well, I wish we got more detail about most of the stuff in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Like, it's just when we have multiple anti Femorian warrior houses with stern tradition mixed with like these elements <laughs> yeah. of grace, like, how are they distinguishing themselves? Because so much of this is just like thinly described she stuff, self important she but then like a coat of viking paint on top
1: yeah that's a distinction the viking paint
0: yeah but even the viking paint isn't very thick nope. <laughs> so, not one ship not one bear
1: mm-hmm. anyway
0: yep i will admit this was my least favorite chapter uh, okay i didn't hate it but
1: i kind of liked it it's yeah i don't think it's my favorite but it's not
0: it's the one that least endeared its house to me mm. so it takes us into Next house. house daran seasons of blood the only house that's cool enough to have title case in their chapter header instead of all uppercase
1: so i don't know why but i keep getting this house and Aeson mixed up in my head mm. like, details about them they're not the same at all but
0: well they're again a house of half yeah. warriors half sorcerers of a particular kind okay
1: i get it more mixed up than i do with the other three houses in this book
0: with their subtitle Seasons of Blood, I can't not read it in the voice of the Rent song. Seasons of, of Blood. blood. <laughs> and this is, you know, we have a, a much more classic, well, stranger, let me tell you all about my house in exchange for your hospitality kind of story. Yep. So, and we get a fairly extensive and specific history before we get to the history. <laughs> yep. This was the d mckinney one right and i think that she wrote one of the other book of houses houses mm. like maybe fiona and so it resembles that one Yep.
1: Yeah. oh this is this is another yeah let's get into the history i guess
0: yeah and this comes right out of irish myth all of these people yeah. that are being mentioned you can tell by all the h's mm-hmm. but very briefly the fey princess Darin was rejected by finn mccool the famous warrior so she poisoned him to go mad when he dared to court her sister instead. But then she also healed the Fey king, Adwiraap and got a house title out of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you do. Yeah. Working all the angles. And then her son, Conquiver, who also stayed on earth, devised the house's fury and laws, which are honor, vengeance, and hospitality, and thereby they established the herbalist warrior dichotomy
1: in staying on earth you go you see the long-running group of uh, most she houses where the house founder stayed on earth during yes. one of them sure. in this case
0: yeah and of course uh honor is individual not just some
1: rigid code or anything which i've never seen this rigid code on the ceiling so I don't
0: know. yeah
1: they certainly never listed it
0: yeah there's a bit about how they like to do vengeance but the hospitality piece, and that's what they've really played up in C20, that notion of like guest rights and host obligations is something that I like as a defining trait. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't know. These feel very seely, these three laws, but.
0: Well, I mean, vengeance. <laughs> yeah. The vengeance is usually quick and brutal. They're not, they're not the merciful yeah. type, which I think makes them more unsealy. Mm.
1: Okay.
0: And with honor, they sometimes refuse bonds of fealty, which a sealy would probably yeah. clutch their pearls about. But, but I do think that they are the most sealy of the unsealy houses or among the most sealy. Yep. Anyway, then we get the much briefer history bits. They mm-hmm. long for the mythic age when they were like legendary. During the Sundering, they were battling more and more. I love the note that in the Shattering, they let Griffins, lions, and dragons get on the trods to Arcadia to safety first before they did. (laughs) Yes. Save the Griffins. I'm going to hope that wasn't like a metaphor for the other houses and that they were actually saving (laughs) bygones. That's what I was picturing. Yep. The Interregnum, they don't remember and they don't remember why they left Arcadia. But now that they're back, they're going to fight off the Fomorians, take a drink, and also put those commoners in their place because High King David is gone and surely that's what's causing the commoners yeah. to think they can rule things.
1: We'll get into their house law. I have a theory about this house that they're actually a Seely house, but then House Allele convinced them that they're unSealy. Hmm. Perhaps. Because <laughs> they're the gullible house too. I love it.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're, you know, I wouldn't say they're, I don't know if I would say they're gullible. I think Aeson are gullible. <laughs> But, yeah, maybe. I like the note that they're unsure whether Earth is going to be the battleground that they have to protect, or if it's, like, the prelude before the fight in
1: Arcadia against mm. the
0: Fomorians. Pressing questions.
1: Yep. And then we get to their society. And now, this is the bit where, like, this feels like a house that's been around in the Autumn World forever, from yep. those descriptions. Like... Well having
0: played an autumn Darren in a game online, I support that.
1: No, but it also just seems like, like they have all these. Well,
0: but we specifically do have that one of their founders stayed on earth. So there is precedent. Can I also just say that page 58, like has the best epigraph and opener where it's like, first it has the best ancient Celtic curse of all time, which is "May the seven terriers of hell sit on the spool of your breast and bark in at your soul case. And then it's just their narrator's talking about how amazing buffets are. So I mean, I, you know, I like that madcap kind of narrative turn. Yep. Yeah. No. I mean, point taken. Like, it is weird for them to talk about like, oh, all the years of growing up when it's they've been back for probably not even years plural, according to this mm. book. Also, they're really ableist. <laughs> yeah. But that's you know that's traditional Irish nobility. So.
1: Well, and they're talking to. Apparently Dougal's the double's
0: yeah. <laughs> So the dugals like, uh and she's like, oh no, no, sorry, sorry if uh, sorry if I'm sounding intolerant, but we you know, it's like uh...
1: This gets into their house flaw, which we'll get. Yes. To Absolutely.
0: <laughs> they have a years long fostering involving training in war arts, tactics, stories and traditions, and at least one craft, which can include herbs and poisoning. And they always send their younglings to another Darren's hall for training.
1: Which, again, how long?
0: Is yeah. And how many are there? Right. Yep. Although it would be interesting if, like, when they came back because of the w- weird wiggly nature of time, they had already been back for ten years. I would roll with that. Yeah. Um, the seining is a fairly minor occasion, but then the fury is a chimerical combat gauntlet that can last hours to days, facing any challengers who come to fight. And overall, you know, logistics of the upbringing section aside, this is certainly more info about their rearing process than we saw for the first two houses.
1: Yeah. We have their opinion on the unseely and seely codes. They're not too keen on honor as a lie. What matters
0: is how you define honor. And that is a completely personal and individual thing.
1: Yeah. It's like, all right. Passion before duty none of these houses like that actually none of the none of the unseelie houses period like that one (laughs) which was the one that said like our duty is our passion Was that Asen?
0: yeah i think so yeah but then like some of the Seely ones i mean the love conquers all they're like yeah whatever but then the rest they're like oh yeah death before dishonor of course
1: (laughs) never forget a dead of course
0: of course (laughs) beauty sure ugliness first but beauty yeah we're into beauty and then out of all of them, I take back what I said about none of these houses seem into the shadow court. They're really into the shadow court tenants.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> like all of them. I mean, they're very. I
1: feel This is what I'm saying. And an allele came like a bunch of allele came to the house and just convinced them to be an unseely house and like super into the shadow court.
0: <laughs> well, they're they're like opportunistic about it, though. I don't think they're true believers. They're just totally willing to roll yeah. with the party. You know, so, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> and then the sheet, Rescue and Safe Haven seem like they're two primary things that they're into. And Domain. Yeah. The others, they're like, well, it's all it's all a matter of nuance.
1: Right of Ignorance, they're... What? No, but I, Right of Ignorance has always felt like a weird one to me, too. It's like, it explains the setting, but it doesn't explain why anyone would buy into it anyway.
0: They also say it, sometimes it's simply impossible, which is doubly true for them because they can't keep their mouths shut. So. Yeah.
1: Then we get some awkward text with images hard to read for rate of life. Yeah, yeah rate of life. They're not all they're not for at all. Like, no, we got to kill.
0: But only in certain circumstances. Then we get their blazon, which is pretty cool. I like that they contrast theirs with Liam. They're like, oh, Liam's
1: blazon is a dead tree, but ours is full of life. This is where I'm feeling one of the ones where I'm really feeling the lack of color. Yeah. Glad we got it in color on. I guess we got it on the on the, on the cover. cover.
0: And then we have the two E boon and ban, which are forgive me, leaps and bounds cooler than the C twenty boon and ban. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, dragons—they the, the, couldn't have kept that boon as written, in
0: but they could have still made it battle-related in some way. I mean, yeah. they could have done something to turn it around.
1: But I love their their band.
0: Yeah, no, they're yes. they're such hot messes, and I love them.
1: <laughs> they they can't can't keep a secret. Yeah, the end. Yep so it's like well that explains this entire thing why why i say way too much yeah i get some holiday stuff
0: yeah they follow the celtic wheel of the year and it gives little i like the little details i did put some of them in book of Mm -hmm. days because i i was glad that there were these specifics i am kind of scratching my head that they used the welsh names for the solstices and equinoxes because they're very assuredly an irish house but yeah
1: yeah I love secret societies. Which, yeah. Oh, they've got the best. The first line. No, but the first line, the first sentence. Oh, okay. You asked me whether Darian has any secret societies. I'm not sure what you mean by that. The secret? <laughs> what's, what's the secret? <laughs> yeah.
0: We've got Belladonna's chalice, which are the herbalists and poisoners who are mostly women. The companions of the Oaken cudgel, who are elite fighters that wield, as the name suggests, cudgels. They exemplify Kolkavir's three laws, holding honor highest of all. And then the stewards of Cauldron House, who are the keepers of hospitality, pretty cool. Yeah,
1: get their house oath with a gentle bloodletting.
0: Yeah, well, it's like blood brotherhood warband thing. Yeah, from what I could tell, though, there's no drawback for like if you leave your warband behind or something. Uh-huh. Like you get the health level and the willpower point, and they fade at the end of combat. But if you like run away like a coward, oh well. Yeah, although if you took damage, like they point out. At the end of the fight, it could go yeah, bad. Yeah, If you took enough damage for it to matter, then you wouldn't be running anyway. So, mm-hmm. Then opinions. Plenty of opinions. <laughs>
1: they say that Aisin lacks subtlety.
0: Right. They're great warriors, but, you know, dumb as posts. Well, no, they don't say dumb as yep. posts. They're just stubborn and one-sided. Yeah. They admire Elil. Yeah, I, I think Elil talked this guy into <laughs> <or> the- <laughs> They certainly seem willing to let them take the lead on things. Yeah. Balor, not at all. They despise them. Uneasy about House Bomaine, Although here it is again, like they went to what was once called the Holy Land and learned many tactics of war, which is accurate, historically speaking.
1: But it's like, why are we leaning into this so much? But this must have been so. Yeah, I'm curious how the writing process went for this, because I thought they were disconnected.
0: By the time this book was in production, the Internet was a thing. So they were presumably emailing each other a bit.
1: Uh sure. Maybe there's an IRC.
0: <laughs> then Dougal, they count as strong allies for unknown reasons. <laughs> Mixed opinion on Aelanid.
1: hate Fiona. love Lord, fools. They find Gwydion too optimistic.
0: Yeah, but overall admire them, I guess. Yep. Yeah. They hate Liam. Skaha are some of the best among Mishi, the but there are mm-hmm. some, there's some bad blood. And they're curious about Varich. Is it Varich or Varich? What do you, what do you prefer?
1: I keep flipping. I varich. Say okay, how do you say it in Russian?
0: Well, that's the thing. It's because it's not in Cyrillic. It could be Varich or it could be Varich. So, mm. Varich.
1: I think in Varich. All right. Varich. varich, sounds varich. More
0: likely. Then uh, here's the sidebar that explains Skaha and Darren. I mean, long story short, Darren blabbed about the yesa that were on Kukolin, and that's what got him killed. And he was like the prize of Hauskaha, so mm-hmm. they resent that. And then they did it again. And then they did it again. In 1346. Yeah. Right on the cusp of the shattering. Then we get some views on other kits. Boggins they like because they know of hospitality.
1: Ish sure too flighty.
0: Knockers are crude but useful in war.
1: Mm-hmm. They don't like puka.
0: No. Redcaps are necessary brutes.
1: Uh, they're not a big fan of satyrs. Traitorous satyrs. They like the slua. I wonder if there's like, it feels sometimes with these stereotypes, it's like, okay, let's flip a coin. Right. Whether or not you like or hate the house, and then you come up with justification. Yeah,
0: basically. <laughs> except the trolls. You always have to like the trolls. <laughs>
1: yeah. I should do a, a 16th house that loves all the kith except for the trolls. The trolls. Do there
0: them. you go. <laughs> they have no clue about the Nunyehi, and basically no clue about the Ananime, but they let Varich handle them. They avoid the Thalian for their connections to the hated Fomorians, mm-hmm. and they fight the Dantain. They avoid mages, pity ghosts, avoid vampires. God, it's like every prodigal in here.
1: Value the mortals. Actually, at this point, they would have had like, they could have done like uh, hunters. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. Werewolves, they have an enmity with Fianna, which I guess makes sense, because...
1: They, uh, That'd be funny. It's like, why is this fae changeling like, hating us so much? And they're like,
0: "Yeah, the founder was an evil fae who rejected the amorous attentions of their greatest kinfolk and poisoned him to boot." It's like, yeah, but then he tried to date her sister. So, anyway, um, the politics. I'll admit, I was kind of confused. Like,
1: yeah, I'm very confused. Choosing the Rye and Ben Rye. So it's Title Five
0: because we get on the next page. We get a sidebar yeah. explaining that, but. It's like they're chosen in trial by combat at a challenge issued on a cross quarter day by an unblemished warrior, but only if the house is not at war. It's like just goes on and on with these details. But the positions are vacant anyway. <laughs> so is it yeah. Is it supposed to be like an opportunity for players to like, oh, maybe we can be the king and queen of House Deren?
1: Like But there's no one to fight to get it.
0: Yeah. But then on top of that, there is a house leader who's the high lady who's not in that structure. So it's like, yeah. I wasn't really clear on how that all fit together.
1: And as a prince and princess is like a separate level.
0: Yeah. Well, presumably that's just title four. Like, I think that's.
1: No, but none of this is title four. Title five is Duke.
0: Right. But I, in the same way that Skaha title doesn't correspond to regular title, yeah. I think this might also be not regular title, but I'm not sure. It's not clearly specified. Yeah,
1: there's no count either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shrug. Anyway, that could use some clarification. Yeah. But I am quite uh, amused by the bit where it's like political leanings, and like anarchists, purists, ritualists. I, I don't know what all, all that means. <laughs> Throw <laughs> that right out the window. Then some famous faces. Fjernic Nistrachen, the high lady, the Ard Bancharna I love all the Irish in here. It's great. (laughs) Probably butchering it, but I like it. And again, it seems like she's been on Earth for a while. (laughs) Yeah. In her youth, she gained a great deal of fame for slaying a dangerous chimera known as the Hound of the Black Isle, a foul creature that had plagued a Caledonian freehold for many years. Yeah. (laughs) But then the next line is, in our recent days in this world... So it's like, did she slay that chimera 600 years ago? Or... Was it in Arcadia? Like what? Well no, it says the Caledonian freehold, so uh oh, presumably okay. in yeah. Scotland. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. But I like her as a character. Yeah. Then Johan Abdereth, one of the few men in Belladonna's chalice. Yovar and Chevale, twins in the Companions of the Oakle
1: Cudgel. At least they're not the leaders of the house.
0: Yeah. At least they're not fighting each other. Yeah. And then Inira Farknisian, the token troll warrioress of much repute.
1: Yep. I
0: mean, I guess they're all okay. Like, they have stories. They're not, like, yep. mysterious and obscure founders of the house who are missing. It's like, no, these are people who are actually involved. You could meet them. Yep. You could fight with them. They could tell you all their secrets.
1: And then we get their treasures.
0: Get a heckin' excellent cudgel.
1: Yep. It's good at kenning.
0: Yeah, but it also gives you Oak and Shield and does strength plus four damage. Like, I mean, this is pretty awesome. And then the cauldron that can make a war potion or a sleeping potion.
1: Oh, is Pris Lenore the one who's having this story set?
0: It's Sir Hamish who's listening to it and then sending the notes to Princess Uh, Yeah, okay, yeah. Overall, it is still my favorite chapter in the book because it feels like a rich and mostly complete portrait. It's definitely my
1: favorite house of the book.
0: Yeah. And like they have an identity I can understand in and of themselves. That's not, it's neither tied to a specific culture over. I mean, like it is rooted in Irish myth, but the Irishness of it isn't like. It's just in the names. Yeah. It's just in the names and in some of the traditions, but then like those aspects of they're obsessed with hospitality they're berserker warriors well not berserker warriors those are the asin but they are very fervent warriors and then the whole inability to keep a secret part like those are interesting character traits that i could see using
1: Mm -hmm. so yeah then we get house verich i like the opening art for this one
0: yeah and it's the other traditional format of uh telling about a kith or house which is the sit by the fire to hear all about your new house young one like
1: Hmm. This story confused me.
0: It's a lot of story, isn't it? Epic, legendary. The,
1: the house founder tried to bang a snow lady that was made for.
0: Right, like <laughs> as soon as he met her, and then she melted, and then his his heart was broken, and he decided never to love again. Which, I mean, it it reads like a Russian fairy tale. I'll give it that. Yeah. But you know, it kind of it kind of ruined things for the rest of them. So.
1: If you actually look up books of fairy tales, like the the more anthropological kind, yeah, those make really weird stories. Like yeah, in general, <laughs> for any
0: culture. actionable ones, anyway. Yeah, and we do also have the slough in here because we're in Russia.
1: Yeah, because slough are so Russian. Yep. Oh, there's one. Okay, this is a little thing. I like, did some research in Rapidol. Novgorod. Mm-hmm. Okay, talks about how they were worshipped as god and the great gods as the great city of Novgorod. When Novgorod was founded, it was Christian already. Wah-wah. Unless there was the Viking settlement of Holmgard that was in the same place. But that's too asin. And... Well, in this part it says after Fomorian's betrayal, he. Ma- I thought it was a slew of betrayal. <laughs> Didn't we just have this. Sl- well, there
0: was also because after the slew of betrayal, then Morena, the Fomorian tried to seduce him in a similar form. That, yeah,
1: no, it's confusing. It took like that was like. <laughs> 30 seconds of time that's not a betrayal
0: yeah and i i mean it's a kind of thin excuse for like the house flaw and kind of all over the place i don't know if it was inspired by a specific Mm -hmm. story or not but yeah it
1: kind of reads like house
0: insult at this point there is a slight mention that um varich is bisexual though at the start so okay and i do like that he's the
1: child of the the moon and the sun like i think that's Mm kind of cool oh there's definitely things i like about it but there's some yeah. yeah, there's some polishing. I think it could have, like, a lot of this book. Again,
0: like Aysen and Bomain introducing Viking and French, this introduces yeah. Slavic for the first time into the canon for the she, mm-hmm. And it does have that vibe of the fairy tales from that part of the world, which I appreciate. It's just, yep, it doesn't always lead directly into the frame that they're establishing for the present day, very straightforwardly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and this book does present, it's also the whole Novgorod thing, like, that It was the capital of a republic.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Fast and loose with historical details. Yeah. So then the Sundering, they reigned over the wilds and spirits until Christianity came and brought death and destruction and banality, presumably. So they left for Arcadia, but of course yeah. a few stayed naturally. Again, we have the sort of seer warrior combo because they see all these patterns and slay
1: beasts. Yeah. There's an interesting description of Arcadia as a exist in the endless thrones of unchanging winter. That reminds me of you talking about
0: why you don't see winter as banal. Like it does sound very beautiful. Ice palaces.
1: Yeah. It also, ta- wasn't there stuff in earlier books about like if the autumn world is sealy, the. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Arcadia must be unsealy and so- anyway
0: Yeah. So they don't know much about what's been going on during the interregnum. But now that they're back, they're ready to reestablish themselves over their servants, the commoners, recover their dreamers, and complete the pattern and fight the Fomorians in Russia
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and Central Park and Russian Hill in San Francisco. Yep, feels like kind of a ham-fisted connection to get them into a Concordia game,
1: <laughs> but yeah. Then we get into their boons and ban. Oh, the blazon, their blazon's like a beautiful beautiful yeah. I like their boon
0: yeah their boon is cool it can be really powerful in the right situation but mm-hmm. I would have liked maybe other ways mechanically that they could use it because I feel like all of this stuff about them seeing patterns everywhere but the only way it yeah. manifests it, is...
1: sh- it shouldn't be in combat it should be in like in competition of any kind
0: well it includes like dancing or sport
1: so presumably yeah I mean, it should also include, it should include politics, it should include all sorts of stuff.
0: If it did that, it would probably have to be, like, a difficulty one production. Yeah, that's
1: true. Rather than 2 Mm-hmm. And then they get two bans, one of which is they can never give a vow of love to another. That's sure. And then this other one that's not replicated anywhere else about, like, a horrible challenge-bound thing. Like, if they're challenged, it's, like, worse than
0: when yeah. the issue had
1: that. Like, it's... Ugh.
0: They must accept or they will slowly waste away. The Loveless thing, I mean
1: No, the Loveless thing could work, but as written in there in that particular band is like that's nothing.
0: Right, yeah. It's a it's a little extra band. You can't swear an oath.
1: But it's the whole other everything about them, both other people's description of them and their own, like it seems like it should be like the defining thing of the house, and then it's
0: I was just surprised there was nothing about having some kind of command over nature, because that's so much of their identity
1: well they have a command over in the anime
0: nevertheless like (laughs) yeah they could have incorporated that into the pattern thing somehow i don't know and then we get some appearance description again (laughs) like okay
1: and they get how much they really like no this is like my home is my castle stuff
0: yeah castle doctrine she yep they are firmly committed to feudal order
1: They don't even think about feudal order so much as, you know. Well,
0: (laughs) they believe in Xi's supremacy for sure. Yeah. I did like the note about how, even though their pattern sense makes them excellent tacticians, it makes them more likely to be caught off guard by the unexpected. I liked Mm -hmm. that aspect.
1: And they know if if their opponent knows that they'll just like, Mm -hmm. well, I guess I shouldn't give you a chance to sit there and pay attention.
0: Yeah. It's like playing chess where it's like doing something completely off the wall can throw your opponent and then you can like come back with a new strategy. Mm -hmm. They have two groups included here. They are the Obtenyani, who are the changed ones. They're kind of like the minority voice that like counters the plans of the house and the very create variations in the pattern. There's the suggestion that they stayed on earth earlier in the chapter and their leader seeks Varish's heart, which has been lost to him in his dark wanderings. And then there's the Nochnitsa, who are basically Black Widow. From Marvel, mm-hmm.
1: get a bunch of their oath stuff. Yeah,
0: I dig how their oath of adoption has to be sworn twice under sunlight and moonlight. Another sheet. This is definitely an unsealing house. Well, I don't know. I mean, they're not into the ignorance one, and they have a creepy take on the right to mm-hmm. dream, where they're like, "Our dreamers belong to us." But the rest of them, the right to dream? No, that's the duty to dream. <laughs> But the rest of them, they seem pretty into. Okay. Yeah. But yes, I mean, the right to dream one is enough for me to be like, eh. Uh.
1: Yep. They don't kill other she. It doesn't say other fey, other she.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Commoners, they'll mow down without yeah. a second thought.
1: Yeah, they're opposed to, they're big on the right to rescue. That's good.
0: Their opinions say that the nobles are rulers by birth. So, mm-hmm. she par excellence. Asin are short-sighted but valuable allies seem mm-hmm. to have some kinship with Elil.
1: Oh, this is the one that's not totally anti-Baelor.
0: Yeah, cautious, but... Yeah. Beaumain, it's like they're wary, but they admire yep. their courage. Garion are like... <laughs> they're like red cap house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, throw them into battle. It's fine. Whatever. Dougal, they think, should be servants.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dougal are excellent commoners. There we go.
0: Yep. Uh, they can't respect Seely Aelanid. They're like, when will they just admit to being unsealing? But they admire Fiona, although they're foolish in their passion. Yeah. They do not like Gudian. They do not. They like Leonan even less.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: And Liam probably least of all.
1: Yep. And then Skahawk, they don't trust them because, like, Beoman are, like, too stuck to fate and Skahawk aren't enough.
0: Something like they're
1: that, yeah. They think they're, like, in the middle which
0: tracks given the way those houses are written up in this show.
1: yeah
0: commoners born to serve yeah. boggins are helpful when they're obedient issue they honor them but they want to be friends
1: yep yeah.
0: knockers make great toys they're pretty pro puka or at least they're not anti-puka yeah. Again, it's couched in that as long as they're loyal servants, we like yeah. them. But I guess it's they like looking for patterns in the way Puka talk.
1: Yeah. Maybe they can understand Puka a little bit better. Yeah. Redcaps, again, just Darian. Expendable <laughs> soldiers. Yeah. The satyrs, they're very good at parties. Which they like. Yep. Yeah. Slua they hate. Traitors. They like trolls. Take a drink. This is the one that mentions the lost ones. Yeah.
0: And Kinane. It's the only one to talk about Kinane. Later on, yeah. But yeah, they're curious about the lost ones. They destroy Thalion when possible. galleon
1: shrug. Yeah, and we get a sidebar on the anime. Ye- these... Well, all right,
0: let's talk about this.
1: <laughs> My only theory is these are about other phyla in the same kingdoms as the in anime we get in anime the secret way.
0: I could see that. I could I could agree with that, except the domestic ones. It's interesting because when we talked about nymphs in the last recording, you know, I see these as being closer to those and closer to like the genii loci Mm -hmm. than the sessile ones that like live in trees. Yeah.
1: Maybe this was written by someone who hadn't had a chance to read an anime the secret way yet.
0: Maybe. Anyway, they're lost kiths and I'm into it.
1: There's also a weird description of their anchors being in the dreaming. I didn't know anchors could do that.
0: Yeah. And it keeps calling them spirits, which is like, well, yeah. wait, hang on. That's something different in World of Darkness cosmology. Well, in
1: the Anime the secret way also called them spirits. So uh,
0: It's interesting that the, uh, the Polivix, the line where it says, oh, fertility rights practiced by those who understand the connection between sex and plowing fertile ground. Like, that's that's an interesting. <sighs> I don't want to go
1: farming with this guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Importantly, these are not changelings, right? Like. Yep, that's that's the key thing. So whatever they are, whether they fall under the classification of anime or not, or if there's something else entirely, and I mean the Domovoi are the ones that we get in the character creation section of C twenty, so this is yep. technically their first appearance. But yeah, something to sit with.
1: Then the rest of the anime
0: get a separate section.
1: <laughs> so Anime being a bunch of servants to she is just not what any other write up of an anime.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like there's nothing to justify that from a mechanical sense, certainly. But then, like, yeah, I don't know. We get some prodigals. Yes. Stay away from vampires. But yay, Baba Yaga's dead. Mixed opinion on the werewolves. I liked the note that they sometimes seek vengeance on behalf of ghosts. Presumably the ghosts are the ones reaching out because it's not like the Farage have any kind of way of talking to them. Yep. And avoid mages mortals they're like all right cool pool of servants to draw from and then the kinane
1: they're like oh there's kinane now that's cool
0: yeah i really liked this i i wish the other house write ups had had more about kinane because Mm. that's a story hook so i dig that but like they still kind of consider them just as servile as the rest of the mortals so it's not like being kinane gives you much privilege yeah anyway then we have some treasures creations of amber and gold
1: they're both amber oh the first two are amber yeah
0: yeah the amber worm is like a
1: pokeball yep. <laughs> so. the second one the eyes of the snow maiden so it's one of the two eyes from that first story of like the snow lady that melted is like a level four treasure that doesn't do I feel like if it's gonna be like that tied to the yeah the it should singular be. Tr- should be legendary and well it's
0: singular like it says so yeah but my favorite is the one on the next page, which is the
1: Firebird. Yep. I love the Firebird. And then we get NPCs, the famous and infamous. There's, there's two of them, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which one
0: is which? Or are they both supposed to be both?
1: But I like the house founder, Varric, is actually there. And he's just like, he's taken on like mortal form. Yeah. And he's... He's
0: a professional dancer in San Francisco. Sure. Actually, they're both in San Francisco because then... Irinochka, yep. who leads the optinyani or founded the optinyani is a drummer in a lesbian rock band.
1: Yep. I guess they came back in the, at a uh, Russian Hill, right?
0: Yeah. Well, she's in the Castro apparently, but, but yeah, it's like, these are the founder of the house and the founder of the main sub society within the house. And it's probably the first time we've ever seen like two legendary characters in the NPC section for one of these.
1: And they kind of read like, Somebody's PCs? Yeah,
0: kind of. <laughs> anyway. Overall, I'd say it's a decent chapter. I mean Yeah. I would have liked to see more detail about the Sealy and Unsealy opinions. Mm-hmm. Especially because like the other houses, this one really muddies the distinction between the two. Yeah. But I like the I like the myth mood, the lore mood.
1: Probably I wish uh, the house founder wasn't just so
0: <laughs> He's like hot, bad boy, perfect at everything. I see it
1: was like whiny little mama's boy kind of yeah
0: but he's like the perfect warrior and he's completely beautiful and he can never love but now he's a dancer and he's really oh my god he's
1: an anime character
0: yeah there you go that's it so he's a waifu yep <laughs> i like your better definitely yeah then we get to hauska <laughs> which has opening art that what <laughs> I'm going to guess it was repurposed from Denizens of the Dreaming and it's like, here's a knight versus two Fomorians.
1: Okay, so I'm like, did he, what, did he travel to the Middle East? Like, what's...
0: Well, given this chapter, it's possible. Yep. Which we'll get to. I have a list of things I think Chris Howard researched when writing this chapter. Yep.
1: This has the most interesting lore implications this chapter, I think. Hmm. Like, for the what are everything in Change 1. Yeah. It starts with a story... Do we need a content warning on this story?
0: I mean, maybe a content warning. Yeah, like, we don't need to go into details. It is based on a historical event about a massacre during World War II. But the changeling connection is that a Nazi redcap who was involved gets his comeuppance from Yeah, And I think it might be the only piece of fiction that we get which is directly set in the interregnum. Which is kind of interesting.
1: I thought the fight scene was kind of cool. Like, like the, the skog or you're fighting tanks and stuff and like machine guns
0: yeah do you know what took me right out of it though yeah. is the specificity of almost 69 tons of clanking steel sheared through his legs it's like <laughs> such a so again my list of things chris howard probably researched begins with world war ii armament details because like that's such a specific number <laughs> yep also fencing techniques that also comes up
1: yeah but then she, like, there's this prophecy. It's like he's not supposed to die for another two months, but. But she decides he can die now. Except for she kind of doesn't, because what she does is she chimerically kills him. Yeah. So then he's found all confused and doesn't remember joining the Nazi party or anything, because it's like before his. He only remembers his life before his chrysalis and then gets killed two months later. So by the people they did horrible things to
0: technically she says you may leave little colonel or die these two full months before your allotted time Yep. so in a way he does leave
1: chimerically <laughs> yep so i loved it though it's like yeah no, i it's... like that take on fate and prophecy and... Yeah.
0: yeah 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 i have thoughts about this house but i liked it as an opening fiction mm-hmm. then we get a variation on the usual narration and that it's a prisoner recounting her house's story to a grand alliance of Gwydion, Fiona, and Balor, in which we lean deep into the Chris Howard metaplot.
1: Yep. So one thing in this whole chapter, it's supposed to be, oh, these are the Skahawk that returned, but most of it's still about the Autumn Skahawk, which we already got in the previous book.
0: But it does say that the ones who returned integrated pretty quickly and smoothly into the existing house. Yeah, it's true. So like they only really differ in terms of their boon and ban and birthright and frailty. Anyway, it's the straight out of Irish myth to a Fomorian war history stuff again. But yep. in that context, we have the Morrigan, fabled Irish goddess who bore Scarra, the shadowy one. And then she, I guess it's, she she did kind of a fate twist on the Fomorian king Indech and like cut off his life early. So is this what you were talking about when you said the implications for lore? Because what yep. I read out of this was when she did that, when she was like, okay, this guy's going to defeat our Tuohan champion, so I'm going to snip his life thread. And then that enabled the tuaha to win the war. But when the Fomorians fled, it's described as how they took a vital spark with them. And then the tuaha followed, mm-hmm. and then the sundering began. Yep. So it's like that act of preventing the Fomorians from winning is what ultimately sundered the Dreaming from the Autumn mm-hmm. World it is an interesting possibility
1: well it's also stuff we we talk about how wait, wait, they're like fighting through stuff we just heard described in denis of the dreaming and then mm-hmm. sorry your first in dreams and nightmares and then ends of the dreaming but she's described as one of the twaha is mm-hmm. skaha, which is interesting sometimes they're she sometimes they're twaha
0: you're talking about morrigan or skaha Skahawk. Mm. she's maybe like the transitional one yeah mm. <laughs> yeah in any case, Morrigan left her behind on the island of Skye, where she was raised by humans and Fua,
1: who followed the Tuah rather than the Femorians. Yeah, and she's like one of the first to go through the changeling way, at least among the She. I thought it was cool, like, if she is Tuaha, she's a Tuaha changeling.
0: Anyway. Yeah, she's pretty rad. Mm-hmm. There's a thorough reference to the Trojan War as well, which I was like, wait, what? But um, she taught martial arts to Ku Chulainn before evolving along with her house into semi-nomadic, fate-twisting warrior types. Mm -hmm. And it does say that she undertook the changeling way to gain the insights that mortals are heir to. Mm -hmm. And then in the War of the Trees, this made it seem like the War of the Trees was quite close to the shattering in terms of time, which I felt like... That's what I
1: usually see. Yeah. The history I've sort of pieced together from this, at least, like... There was multiple wars between, like the Tawaha and the Fomorians. Mm-hmm. I got confused by other parts. The War of the Trees was basically mostly, according to this, mostly kithing at that point. The Tawaha had left.
0: Yeah, but it was still in the dreaming.
1: Yeah, but it was like the remaining Fae yeah. before the Shattering. The rem- the lesser Fae, if you will, that you actually get to play, are fighting the Fomorians at that point.
0: Yeah, I suppose it just it was it seemed kind of muddy to me. Like when exactly it yeah. was happening. The culmination of that is that Skaha fights the son of Indech, Oktreialach, and I liked that where it's you know the two children fighting after her mother got his father killed. It's mm-hmm. like they continue the fight, and she ended up basically kind of being bait so that the Fey sorcerers could imprison the White Court in the Forest of Lies and her along with them. Yep. There is also the tantalizing note that she had a daughter, Oahach, who had much sorceress talent. She was a Morphean oracle and could shapeshift into a black unicorn. But she and her, some of her housemates, refused the Changeling way and departed into the Dreaming. Presumably looking for the Green Court, which
1: most folks say was a bad idea. <laughs> Story hooks. Yep. They're here. Yeah, they have the bidding of the Shattering. With the Femorian's second defeat, the remaining Tuatha de Dan departed for good. Yeah. And then a bunch of them got killed by the remaining uh, commoners were not happy with them. Nope. A she is still a she. Yep. Since the Shattering, they've kept up
0: with Skaha's command to test themselves against banality. There's a note that they, like, made friends with a bunch of prodigals, but then there's no opinions on prodigals later. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they protected the Autumn World and they emphasized freedom, dignity, and change within the human spirit. So they, like, fostered abolitionist movements and revolutions Mm -hmm. there's a note that their oracles foresaw the
1: resurgence down to the hour the weird thing about the interregnum for me is they keep going into the dreaming still like i guess they knew some of the pathways still it's pretty selfish of them
0: to keep them to themselves yeah Yeah. but yeah i believe it or maybe it's saying like the ones who didn't undergo the changeling way and it's just kind of combining the narratives Mm. maybe in any case, they were mercenaries in the Accordance War, and
1: well, they, they called mercenaries. I don't think they're accepting payment; they're doing it for fate plans.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, they played both sides. Yeah, but more recently, they've been preparing for the end
1: times. Do you know what the 1980s Greens Rebellion was? Uh, the what? They talk about the witness the 1980s Greens Rebellion. I just really, I never looked it up.
0: Oh, oh, I think that's when like the Green parties really like became a political force oh. in Europe. Okay. Like, there was a lot... It's when all, like, the pushback against nuclear power and stuff oh, was happening. Okay. But that's just assumptions. More things Chris Howard researched for this book. Yeah. 1980s European politics. And then the Lost Houses connection is that the fae who followed uh to the Silver Sea are now the ones coming back to shore up their house. Mm. So they're not even coming back from Arcadia. Presumably not. Although they do have a home in Protea, which is, like, next door to Arcadia. <laughs> mm. In the heart of the oniric realms we get tidbits about their society they generally don't take titles and reject the core dream of rulership they were originally seely but they're not really loyal to courts yep they obey the Morphean oracles for guidance which is derived from their close relationship to fate yes yeah, so is like near the moray but not where the moray i assume they they all kind of just visit
1: each other like for tea yeah the current oracles include the anything like phantom talos particular beerog the lesser blue witch of like
0: yeah i mean this
1: is just names (laughs) yeah no it's very dreams and nightmares (laughs) yeah
0: i like the aspect of like time is running out because they've been changing and cheating fate for so long and now fate's like had enough with them so that's a neat piece So also there's a bunch of errata and text that was cut from this book. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. in this section, presumably, there was supposed to be a bit about the Red Branch Knights where the Skaha kind of refused to get involved with them. They helped create it, but then they're like, no, it needs to be autonomous. We need to not try and influence their destiny. And then there's not a commentary on the SG, but there was supposed to be one where they were mostly okay with it, but then they kind of question when other she equivocate around the rights of domain and life in particular. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, stop making it just be whatever you want. So then we also have a page long sidebar on
1: their meritocracy. <laughs> yeah, this was like weird. I don't like you have to take. OK, first, I don't even like you have gray mare separately from dreaming lore, First of all, like changeling war, dreaming lore.
0: Yeah. It feels like something that maybe was intended for Noble's The Shining Host, but didn't make it in, so now it's in this book. Yep. This sidebar is what I point to the most when I think of them as the what I like to call the Mary Sufi Fate Ninja. Like mm-hmm. they have to be good at everything to advance. They have titles drawn from Sufism for reasons unclear. And their skills are entirely centered around, like, swift and deadly combat, but then also perceiving the future and changing it. And it's like, give them some flaw somewhere that's more significant than just, sometimes they frenzy in battle. Other houses don't like them much.
1: Like, I don't know. They feel like, weirdly, this whole house, we'll get to it later, but remind me of some stuff in Exalted. Like, it feels like
0: well especially the
1: martial arts <laughs> but the timing neither one could have inspired the other one i don't think so it's yeah kind of...
0: i guess it was just in the air in the late 90s yeah slash early audies anyway then we get some opinions yep some of these were cut from the book yes well the commoners at least are all in here so yeah bargains are the best
1: but occasionally gossips mutual assistance with the issue but the thing is, along with the slew, Ishiro sure the least frequently seen changelings. I'm like, what?
0: Well, you rarely see the same one for long. Oh. <laughs> so, yep. Knockers, they have a little bit of appreciation for. Tolerant of puka. Although it does point out very interestingly here that Autumn Skaha, at least, can be made to look foolish with cantrips. Yep. So they are often the butt of puka pranks.
1: They've gotten used to it over the past 600 years.
0: yes I like the line, they have taught us
1: patience.
0: It's a very diplomatic
1: way of saying. They do not like redcaps. Nope. Satyrs they bang.
0: Yep. Like everybody else. Slua. Useful allies. So are trolls, but differently.
1: Hey, they like (laughs) trolls. Wow.
0: Yeah. Imagine that. They have a mixed relationship with their fellow she, and then house by house. Well, it says most houses they have an adversarial relationship with,
1: but... We were once affiliated with this court, and even now most of us are sympathetic to Seely sensibilities, but yeah. politically they're less in favor.
0: And they acknowledge that Sealy domination of the Autumn Fae has caused an unhealthy imbalance in the Dreaming, one we will soon rectify. And it's like, are they going to go around just killing Seely? She Probably more subtle than that, right? Probably, <laughs> I would hope so. They're not enemies with Boman, they're just kind of like, eh, yeah. but they do not like Dougal that much. Yeah, this is the one who doesn't like
1: Dougal. Yeah. They acknowledge their skills. There's too many Baylor spies in Dougal. <laughs> News to me, but okay. No, that was that's been a long going thing of Baylor spies. In I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's the only other house to figure that out, though.
0: <laughs> we have some beautiful art on page 106 of like mm-hmm. a Skaha, presumably summoning a. I guess this is that's Uho. her daughter. Yeah, it's her
1: daughter turning. Yeah,
0: transforming in front of a bunch of Firbolg. Yeah. Unfortunately, this art sidebar covers a number of house opinions that were supposed to be here yeah they're okay with a linnet
1: yeah
0: admire fiona but are puzzled by them and she's talking to a fiona in this section so she's like oh this is you
1: i like the house Guidian one how can she so individually noble and heroic be so timid and vacillating as a house <laughs> yeah
0: <sighs> liam they're into and then we get to the unseelie I like that Asen is described as the best and worst. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yep. It's like, yep, even more equivocation from this book. They have a grudging partnership with Elil. The Baylor they do not like
1: at all. Nope. They know what the Baylor are.
0: They've got their long-standing feud with Darren. Admire Leonin. It's nice to see some pro leonin sentiment. Oh, no, they're not a fan of Varage. They're unsettled. Yep. And then I have uh, encountered so many of the Antheen. I guess because Gaha was raised by the Fua, it says, and mm. you know, if some number of them were wandering through the Dreaming, maybe they were like encountering them. Yeah. Presumably, the More they have a close relationship with, mm-hmm. and also Chris Howard wrote Genesis of the Dreaming. So.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's that connection. This is the no the the Moray do not like these guys at all.
0: Well, yeah they they may not like them, but they have connections with them that the rest of the she don't have. Yeah. Like they actually know who the different Darkkin are. And then they will stop the Fomorians, no
1: matter what. Wait, do every one of the houses in here, is some, except for Darien, have something weird with fate, don't they?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. They're all like seer warriors. Different like,
1: takes on seer warriors. Yeah. And then we get a list of exalted charms that you get in this house.
0: Yep. Which, like, granted, as far as systems go, I think this one is pretty cool and pretty balanced, even if I don't run much combat.
1: Uh running up the lance I had a problem with. I had a PC take. No, oh, okay. <laughs> game I ran, that one. That well, yeah,
0: so I have I've never actually used any of these, just on paper. Yeah. I'm like, oh okay, this is an interesting idea. I particularly like how similar to the um in werewolf there's the shape shifting martial art. Kind Yeah. In this case, there's like certain combinations with particular cantrips or kiss powers, and I like
1: that attention to detail. This is like if you're using World of Darkness combat already.
0: Right. And then you yeah.
1: want to bring in <laughs> supernatural stuff. Which um, you know,
0: different strokes for different folks. Yep. All that being said, I happily would have traded away half of these to get back the parts that were cut. Yep. Like I would have rather had the full set of opinions and the S cheat opinions yep. than like all yeah. of these feats. So. And they don't need musket dueling. No, probably not. We don't need, on top of everything else that they're excellent at, we don't need to give them gun kata.
1: Yeah. So, and then here's the bit about their
0: meritocracy as a background.
1: Yeah, and the, oh, there's also all the commoner ones. So like if you're a slew in this, and then if you're a red cap yeah, yeah, in that's this. What mean. it's.
0: We don't need three and a half pages of these feats. So. But
1: I'm just like. Why is there even a red cap? How many... They, they don't like red caps. Why are there red caps? You've yeah. developed. Anyway. Yeah. So then... So anyway, merits and flaws. Yeah. Just merits. Just merit. Merits. Okay, so...
0: Which really threw me in. I was like, why doesn't it, it say merit or flaw? And I'm like, oh, it's just merits. That's why.
1: Yeah. Oath of the Honor-Bound Allies should be an oath, not a merit.
0: Yeah, I was confused about that. There is the piece about... They can't use Sovereign, so this is like a Sovereign replacement, but it was just kind of
1: perplexing. It should be one of those house oaths, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Yeah, 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 Phantom Fate also makes me feel very Exalted but with the uh, T- sidereals Yes.
0: And these are some expensive merits as well. Do you know, did Chris Howard actually write on Exalted?
1: I don't know. Actually, this one, the Phantom Fate's actually very close to a Exalted the Fairhawk charm, but he didn't write on that book. I know that. Because mm. Exalted would have been out by this point, right? uh 2001 yeah it came out yeah well it would have come out like basically around the same time which is why I'm, i don't think either one mm. can really crib from each other at least but. an
0: investigation will occur yep we have notes here that birthrights and frailties differ so yeah for the autumn skaha they have only one bonus point of appearance and they can be made to look foolish and then because they've undergone the changeling way instead of the banality's curse they have a blood madness when
1: they fight but the blood madness also applies to the yeah actually the blood madness applies to all the Skyhawk, including the yes ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 on top of the whole so they get an extra frailty on top of the flaw i was flaw.
0: yeah their boon is to be silent and efficient warriors, and their ban is that ostracism slash sovereign forbiddance, except that the Arcadian ones can use sovereign. There's also the affinity nature here, which I assume is for the changelings.
1: Yeah. Is this the first time we got Autumn versus Arcadian? Let's
0: I think so. I was going to say, I think these two pages really informed kind of the Autumn-She mm-hmm. split in C20. Yep. But it's nice to have that that kind of social commentary, I guess we could call it where it like explains how the two sides kind of look at each other. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. So, what's your thoughts on this house? I it's
0: a rich chapter full of ideas like all of Chris Howard's work. Yeah. But it really kicks up the seer warrior theme up to 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just
1: I think I think the Skahawk martial arts was it took up page count and it's also yeah it's excessive i knew i had a lot of players be like i want to play house skahawk to get all their mat their superpowers and i'm like
0: oh god yeah exactly that's... no splat should do that
1: yeah and it was kind of broken like you said it seemed I, I, I did uh, not.
0: unfortunate
1: yeah i'm not like some of them were also kind of used i mean this was second Ed changeling of course it was yeah <laughs> some were useless it overpriced and some were underpriced and too powerful but
0: yeah I do feel a little bit better about it, having read the parts that were cut. That does make them feel a little yeah. bit more fleshed
1: out rather than just a stack of crunchy bits. But Yep. But it became one of those, like, for a while, like, I'm running a game, I'm like, oh, you want to play spellback? <laughs> Get ready
0: to take Dark Fate.
1: That's what they should... Their flaws yeah. should be. Or the no fate. Yeah. <laughs> or the phantom fate.
0: Well, they could, they could take both.
1: And it even says that mortals can take phantom fate, but it'd be a seven-point merit. I would actually... A mortal that
0: had nothing except that one merit would be a really interesting character. Maybe you convince your ST if you're a mage
1: character. Mm.
0: Don't take entropy. So then we get some templates.
1: Yep. Thaline yeah. Hunter of House Baoman
0: This one, again, feels like someone's character has been turned into a template.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is the most PC-ish template character yeah. we've gotten ever, I <laughs> I
0: didn't check the dots this time, but... Yeah, I'm gonna guess that one's probably correct.
1: Yeah, the third millennium vol. That sounded wrong. Volva. Yeah, House Volva. Volva like House Volvo. I, I love this character.
0: Do you know <laughs> this was written in 2001? But if it were written today, she would be an influencer on Witch Talk. I think. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I get.
1: But she was someone who was doing like what a, like a seance. In front yeah. of a bunch of people, to, 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 but then didn't summon a ghost, summon the she that possessed her. Womp, womp. <laughs> just, and, but she's like, it's like using her arts to do quackery to get money from people.
0: It's appropriate okay. that we're recording this on All Souls Day. Yeah. Then the modern day herbalist of House Downen, which is, she's fine. It's rare to see a changeling with four dots in science. And I like that. Yep.
1: All of these, though. Okay, the, the one who's ripping off rich people for whatever, mm-hmm. Two Dots Resources. Yeah. The successful herbalist, Two Dots of Resources.
0: Well, she's got a lot of student loans.
1: Okay. Opportunist of House Verich.
0: This one I found was pretty boring. Because I'm yeah. like, isn't this just all of them?
1: But also, using their amazing powers to get into business, Two Dots of Resources.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I, yeah, indifferent to this one. The last one is, I like this one more than the other four combined, yeah
1: This one's bonkers. uh <laughs> yes.
0: the dream alienist. It's like, take Sherlock Holmes, mix him with Mulder, make him a she, and stick him in Changeling-inflected horror, and then give him awesome art. Yeah. And that's this character. But like,
1: he's not in the FBI. He's got an FBI badge? He is, this, yeah, yeah. He's in the FBI, Yeah. But he's wearing that weird robe that he had. Yeah, he's Sherlock Mulder. <laughs> yep, solving
0: Dexter crimes.
1: <laughs> Why does he got chicanery though? That's annoying. Anyway.
0: Well, it's useful to move unseen. Soothsayer, though. But... I really liked that last one. Yeah. And then we get the most depressing two-page spread in all of Second Edition.
1: Really, it's the but this it's the first page that's the most depressing to me. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is saying in 2001 we get April. The Book of Lost Houses, June, Mm -hmm. Kith Book Issue. I'm not sure if those came out in those months, but... (laughs) And then October, Book of Glamour.
0: I'm pretty sure Kith Book Issue came out either very late 2001 or early 2002.
1: Uh, Okay. This is, like, very ambitious to get it out. Yeah. Although there was a bunch of written for Book of Glamour, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the manuscript was basically done, like...
1: Yeah, so it makes sense they think they could get it out in time.
0: I mean, similarly, Sorcerer's Crusade has <laughs> an over... Did
1: the Lands of Mystery, Arabia, India, and Cathay come out?
0: No, neither did Hosts of Heaven. Yeah. And Witches and Pagans was a download only, yeah. which I know Terry has talked about on Mage the Podcast. So,
1: Yeah, I don't know Aberrant or Trinity well enough to know, but didn't Didn't come out.
0: I think the first Trinity one came out. I don't know about the
1: second. Yeah. And the Aberrant, I can't remember how many of those yeah and then a Ravenloft thing for some oh yeah they were doing that's when they started doing oh yeah this is the d20 yeah, yeah. boom briefly <laughs> so this is when for a while white wolf was making a whole bunch of like
0: yeah
1: D supplements
0: because the um the open game license had just been approved
1: yep and then kiss book issue Add. and that is it yeah so overall thoughts
0: i think every write-up in here is pretty solid. Each of them kind of lacks something like one thing that all the others have, whether it's merits of laws or societies or whatever. But I, I think all of them are decent in order of preference. I'd probably put them Darren, Varich, uh, and Skaha. I'm not sure which one I would put above the other. And then Asin at the end, but even like I said, Asin is still fine. It's just, I wanted more. I think Mm -hmm. they're solid additions, but I, I always kind of think with new houses, and this goes for like homebrew ones that people make as well, does the house that's being created overlap too much with any other? And one also has to ask, does the identity of the house flow from a source that makes sense? Or does it seem like an ex post facto justification?
1: Yeah. If you went before Book of Lost Houses came out and then you took any one of these houses and you asked, does this overlap too much with what's before? I would say no. Right. And then we got five houses that overlap with each other Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all kind of variations on a theme, which I guess it's kind of leaning into the meta plot and like, yeah, it makes sense that this is the end times and this is where prophets and warriors would be coming out of the woodwork, but it's still like...
1: yeah,
0: Darren, I think I actually... Part of the reason I like them the best is because they're the least like that, you know? Yep. They're warriors, but they don't have any kind of like magic skills or you know they have some fancy cudgels but they don't have the whole martial arts system
1: and we've already had a whole bunch of warrior she houses like beforehand like half the Seely ones and like, yeah so like it's not a big deal to have darian especially because there's such a different take on it i just i love them so much that house but... yeah
0: well and the poisoning aspect i'm like all in on that but
1: yeah it's incongruous in a way that's i like mm-hmm. yeah anyway
0: but like the other Books of Houses, I still think it's suitably deep and helpful enough that a C20 player could still get a lot mm-hmm. out of
1: it if they wanted to play a sheet. Yeah. Mechanically, maybe some merits and flaws or something, but like...
0: Yeah, but that's, I mean, all their all their boons and bans have been updated and
1: yeah. whatnot. So
0: we'll have to do a, kind of a comparative thing when we read through C20.
1: It's both foundational to what we got in C20 and useful still in C20. Mm-hmm. That's a good combo.
0: Yeah, it's one of the better art house offerings, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So. One of the longer ones, that's for sure. Even with the padding, they did. Uh. <laughs> I think page for page, there's less white space, and the art, yeah. I generally don't hate.
1: So, <laughs> Yeah, I just keep thinking, like, imagine if this was back in, with the early, like, especially first edition production quality. That would have been. Anyway.
0: Yeah. So I guess uh, yeah. one book left from the original, one full book left. Well, no, two full books left one LARP book and one tabletop book from the original run.
1: Yeah. I think the LARP book came out. I have to check the date on that. I think it came out later.
0: No, we'll, we'll see how the release order
1: goes. Yep. So yeah, you can find us at changelingpodcast.com. You can send us an email podcast at changelingthepodcast.com Send us a to changelingpod at dice.camp. You can go to our Facebook page and, and check it there and comment with, chat with people there. Uh, changeling the podcast you can join our discord uh, discord.me slash ctp that's become a lot of people have been joining lately it's very lively and yeah
0: links will be provided in the show notes yep and once again i'm josh i am the recently returned
1: darren known as puka if i had to be one of these i think i'm supposed to be in house asin but i don't really know which one them. <laughs> I think I'd I'd rather go... I could go Darien, and I'm half Irish.
0: You can be anything you want to be. You really can. Yep. We note with interest the lack of information about Minnesota in Changeling 20th Anniversary Edition, the only one of the United States to remain curiously and entirely absent from the book. This allows us to maintain our theory that, given the house's implied numbers in Chapter 2 of Book of Lost Houses, the entire human population of the state has been displaced, possessed, if you will, by these Alphar. Further evidence, the ducal seat has been moved to High Falls on the border of the Kingdom of Northern Ice, Minneapolis has been renamed Wattensbir, and the Minnesota Nice Culture has been replaced by Duels to the Death and the Ritual of the Blood Eagle. We're planning accordingly for our fact-finding mission to the Upper Midwest, made possible by the support of our patrons. Derek, Dorchidas, Oreo, Razgabuz, Sandjigger, Sija, Terry Robinson, and tri Serabeth. You too can support our show by signing up for Patreon at www.patreon.com slash changelingthepodcast. It's also helpful if you leave a review of our show on the listening platform of your greatest convenience. If you liked this episode, feel free to tell others about it, and do drop by our Discord to have a chat by visiting www.discord.me ctp. That's all for now, so watch out for those gates to Arcadia, because they seem to just keep opening. And until next time, keep on dreaming.